Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. Hello, I'm Dan Eden. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies under 90 minutes. Okay, today on our show, clocking in at 69, my favorite number, 69 <laughs> minutes. We're talking about 1988's The Land Before Time, directed by Don Bluth. This Don Bluth, between an American tale and all dogs go to heaven, he made this film right here. What a delicious runtime, first of all. Yes. <laughs> manufactured, contractually manufactured from the beginning, a 69-minute movie. And I chose dinosaurs, you know, because so many, many dinosaurs, particularly the brontosaurus, they, they have a very phallic look to them. And, mm. you know, and there's, so I got a phallic shape in there. I got 69 and I got... Loads of licking. Lots of licking in this movie. Exactly what I wanted. There's two goals I had with this film. (laughs) Two primary goals. To achieve racial dino harmony. And also, more importantly, dinosexuality. I actually created a new species, the dildosaur. Alas, too blue for the senses. Yes, yes. The three things are the third most important, of course, being a 69-minute runtime. That was a compromise. Barely feature length. Oh, I can't can't keep this up, but this is our last... Should should we do Don Bluth the whole time? I thought about it earlier in this Mm. week, and I thought... I don't have the energy to do that. No, I don't, I don't think, think the my audience throat does either. could take it, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, but this is our last Bluth, and this is our second to last episode of our, the main feed. Our penultimate, not including Christmas bonus. That's what penultimate means. Yes. No one uses that. You know why? Because I suspect a lot of people just don't know what it means. <laughs> penultimate. <laughs> penultimate. The second to last. It's an odd that there's a term for Pen. second to last, but mm-hmm. penultimate. Yes. Alas. Pen, um, what, pe- what? This, the pen stands for penis. I don't know why anyone would jump on now, but for those of you who are jumping on now, <laughs> yeah. the second to last episode, this episode has significance because one of our first, and I'd say one of our few actual running gags on the show is sort of an accidental caricature of, like, a British, perverse, like, fat, disgusting Don Bluth, who is apparently a very nice, thin, uh, I think, Midwestern gentleman who's 86 and just makes good movies. Makes no sense, the voice that we're attributing (laughs) to him, if you saw him, if you've ever heard him. I think it started Uh, on Nim. 
Yeah, yeah, way back in the beginning, because we didn't know what he sounded like, and then someone started doing an impression that went British, and then we were just sexuality, sexuality. <laughs> uh so yeah this is uh we, i think have we done every blues that we could for oh, this no no there are there are certainly there's like a, a troll under uh, like uh, let me let me do, let me double check the don bluth catalog because yeah there's there's a number of uh he's one of those uh king of 90 minute movies i just want to i i feel like after this one we will have done him justice because we did do nim we did do all dogs we did yeah do... let's let well out here i'll go down the list here because because yeah. he he was uh an uncredited animation director on pete's dragon then a short called the small one then a tv movie called banjo the woodpile cat then secrets of secret of nim mm-hmm. a couple video games in there then an american tale yeah then yep. the land before time mm-hmm. then all dogs go to heaven mm-hmm. then another video game then rock a doodle yeah and then you have uh, ones that we will not get to. Thumbelina, Troll in Central Park, Pebble and the Penguin, Anastasia is over 90 minutes. Uh, mm. Bartok the Magnificent. Oh, the spinoff. Uh, Titan AE also over 90 minutes. And then uh, that is it for his feature length. Uh, he's got an upcoming movie called Dragon's Lair, the movie. Oh, oh. based on the video game. That nope. he uh, had Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is top built. Really? Apparently, that's uh, it, it's that's in production. Cool. So who knows the the you know he could just be attached to something that. Uh, I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds, whatever. But like the fact that Don Bluth has a, a new film coming out at 86 years old, because I I thought for a minute that he might have been dead. I hate to say, but uh, he's alive. Yeah, he's uh, alive. 1937, born. Good for him. So, there you go. He's uh, still kicking. And we're we're just on death's door here, the main feed. So like, yeah, Don as Bruce well as the planet us. too. So you know, he, he yeah, he could live, outlive everybody. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting background about this movie. Should we go over some of it here? Oh, now is the time. So this is so this is our fifth blues because we did Rocket Doodle, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. So this is our fifth blues movie. Fifth. Wow. Perhaps the director that we've covered more than any other. In fact, I would I would argue yes. There there's no chance we do, we chose someone else more. So Amblin, Bluth relationship, Spielberg, Bluth, particularly Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, right? They produced this as well as uh, American Tale and Spielberg, and I believe Lucas had a hand in that one. So yes, and this one. We trace back to American Tale. Uh, there was talk uh, that began of uh, the next movie with Spielberg, and next Bluth animated, right? And he wanted to do a movie like Bambi, only with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, as he pronounces them in his documentary. <laughs> as, as, we've said, as we've also established on this show. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Uh, an early working title for the movie was The Land Before Time Began, which is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas and Spielberg. Now, this is the most, I think, inspired part about this movie is that they wanted to have no dialogue like the rite of spring sequence in fantasia but uh, that got abandoned pretty quickly because they wanted to appeal to kids so they had voice actors come in um so i I thought that might have been interesting but it probably would have been more boring than what we got here Uh, not to say this is terribly boring but i had moments where my adhd or whatever uh kicked in and i was just like i gotta 
Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a movie where a whole lot of nothing happens. Like, so it's no wonder that it's inspired by Bambi. Yeah, uh, it's it's like a, yeah. I said to Katie, even uh, my life. Sorry, second to last <laughs> penultimate episode. I turned to her and I said, um, even Lord of the Rings had like fighting sequences with orcs. Like, you just got the one T Rex in this, and uh, apparently, which leads me to my next uh, thing. And I'm you may have read. 11 minutes of footage, which is why we have a 69-minute runtime, uh, was cut from the movie. A total of 19 fully animated scenes, mostly the dinosaur, uh, or I'm sorry, Tyrannosaurus attack sequence, uh, I believe, on the mother. Mm. Uh, it might have been when the kids get their revenge, <laughs> and they're like, let's kill it! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> um, I think it was, though, about about the death and um uh sequences where they're in grave danger and distress like some screams were revoiced using milder exclamations even it's like because trauma for kids and stuff yeah yeah you don't want to traumatize kids and and certainly uh the the bluth movies are uh not shy of uh trying to to jerk your heartstrings as hard as they possibly can absolutely uh, Bluth was not uh, happy with the cuts, obviously, but the compromise was a runtime of 69 minutes. <laughs> so, you know, when they said, Don, we could get this down to 69 minutes, mm. I said, say no more, say no more, I accept. Oh, delicious. Absolutely delicious. Um, so, uh, let's see, what else? Besides the cuts, the sequence of Littlefoot's mother, the, the death, that we're referring to the aforementioned with all the cuts where they come from the, it was shown to psychologists who gave their feedback to the production team and the character of Reuter voiced by, by our narrator, Pat Hingle was added to the story to soften the blow of the death of the mother. He comes in, he gives his corn bone dinosaur wisdom and uh, it, it's it, kids are like, yeah, I feel better about this now. Sure. Oh, okay. I, I can process death through Reuter. Mm-hmm. Uh, brief portions of the scene which showed <clears throat> the mother's neck and back bitten have since been edited out of home video releases and television airings though this footage was present both in the theatrical cut and on earlier VHS copies of the film which I'm sure we we owned and played uh, we played this was our in rotation was it not Land Before Land Time Land Before Time I think we probably did in like the like early days, but I've never been a big fan of this movie or yeah. subsequent series of fourteen movies. Um, <laughs> but I know I do remember watching it at least a couple times as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just always an all dogs go to heaven house. We're we're an all dogs go to heaven west. household. Uh, um, so. Yeah, I guess I agree. When was the last time you saw this movie? Do you recall? Oh God, when I was a little kid. The yeah, same. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So, uh, did you enjoy it overall? Uh, I always enjoy watching uh, hand-drawn Bluth animation. It it looks uh, very mature. Mature the the animation. So. I can appreciate it on that level. I do love a merciful 69-minute runtime. It's it's quite pleasurable to watch a 69-minute movie. Um, but yeah, despite that, still large <laughs> chunks of like, what? They're just boring. Like, here's, yeah. this, here's this one fucking around. 
And there's one over there. Yeah, we're gonna watch. She's fucking around too. I guess I'm not alone here there. Um, because yeah, there was just some some parts where I had to look at the the timestamp, and I was like, okay, how much? Uh, all right. But admittedly, that happens with more than half the movies I watch now. I I'm know. Looking at the timestamp. Yeah. I'm the I'm the same way. I don't know if it's just the fact that we watch under 90 minute movies or if our it's culture is becoming our more culture more in general short term. I, I, yeah, I, I guess it's just that TikTok. Yeah. It's hard to go. I mean, it's also just hard to get into boring movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Just make more interesting movies. Um, just make go back and make the land before time more interesting. Add a little bit more blood and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, add a, a funny, you know, not Robin Williams character, but whoever Don Bluth could afford the the, the Don Bluth equivalent. You could, you could get Dom DeLuise. There's nary oh, a Dom DeLuise go. in this movie. That's Dom That's... DeLuise needed to be ruder. Then you got a movie. But there's Dom DeLuise, in all honesty, probably would have been Petrie uh, because I was going to say what Don Bluth movie would not be complete without a manic, hyperactive, speaking of like ADHD character like a Petrie or that. uh, um, God, he he had nothing to do with rescuers down under, did he? No, it's it feels so Bluthian that I want to cite that crazy uh, was his name Gary or something that crazy lizard guy who's only in like the sequence where they escape. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know like the Dom DeLuise hyperactive or um, uh, uh, I don't know. The Dom DeLuise flavor is is uh, sorely missing from a from this Don Bluth film. You gotta have like a hyperactive shot of energy character, and Petrie definitely fulfills yeah. that and slot. D- Ducky doesn't, you know, she's cute, but she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't pull that off. We have to, girl. We we definitely have to talk about Judith Barcy. Well, we did. We talked about her uh, probably on the All Dogs Go to Heaven. Did episode. we? Oh I, gosh. I have to assume because she she's also the voice of Anne Marie. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, so it's very tragic. So, yeah, you can look it up. It's it's horrible. Yeah, rest in peace. So tragic. Um, what's interesting is, uh, moving along, the character Sarah is spelled like Michael Sarah. <laughs> now, that's or, very interesting. Or isn't like it? a Triceratops, because that's what Michael she, Sarah. Oh, well, yeah, that's what well, Michael Sarah was just uh, born is actually uh one quarter triceratops so he i believe you know, it he just wanted to honor <laughs> has michael Sarah ever voiced but uh, hey besides the uh the scott pilgrim uh anime that's coming to netflix has he ever done like a major animated he was uh character? R- yeah robin in the lego batman movie oh yeah that's right that's right i was like he's just he's like he's made for voice acting it's just like he could just retire on voice acting i bet Probably, yeah. He'd have to yeah. play a very specific type of person, just like Michael Sarah, the loving actor, has to do. He's but, still like killing it though, as as uh, Alan in Barbie. Like he's 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 it was uh, he's still I, crushing it. Still haven't seen it, but uh, yeah, I I mean Michael Sarah has never he makes good choices. Can I D- say, despite just, his limited range, he's he makes good choices within that range. Can I say one? I'll just one deviate deviation thing, and I'll I'll roll it right back into land before time. I know how. 
basically I, what I find so interesting and cool about Barbie, aside from, you know, the story, some of the elements of it is, is the casting in that I know that Margot Robbie and, and Ryan Gosling are, are major stars, but they're also aging stars like Ryan Gosling's like 40. Same for Margot Robbie, right? They're, they're being cast as Barbie and Ken respectively when they, they, studios probably would have guided them towards like a 25 year old like a sydney sweeney from euphoria but then you also get the addition of michael Sarah and stuff all i'm all this to say it feels a bit dinosaur-y that the, the casting of barbie like rhea perlman even showing up as uh in that movie that when i it's did hear cool. that i was surprised i was like man that's an that's interesting to see that she's still getting independent yeah work on her own you know Right. Danny's Danny's eating it up with the with his <laughs> his Philadelphia money. Don't come to set, Rhea. Don't whatever ever come you do, Rhea. <laughs> don't come to set. That's that's my new favorite bit on this uh, show. Is don't Danny persuading set. Rhea to not come to set? Not even persuading. Him. He's just demanding. Do not come. <laughs> it's a deal and breaker, Rhea. As soon as I see your little perm coming down the the the, the alleyway, I'm gonna bolt. I'm and you're going to ruin the production for the whole day. <laughs> oh, come on, Danny. It's just um, a coincidence, Danny. I had to go across the street. <laughs> Too close, Rhea. Send an assistant. Uh, I uh, so going back to this here, could you? Well, maybe at the end we can rank the blues that we've uh, it, number one with a bullet is all dogs for you. Um. I don't know. We can, we can. Yeah. All right. Um, what else? I think that's like most of the interesting facts I wanted to share. They, they got, they had wanted to get uh, an accurate background, like as accurate as they could. This is the land before time after all. So I think they had, from what I see here, 600 stills to work with, um, just lush nature photography that they could use background artists and thankfully they had cavemen who took those photos way back and <laughs> stored them so so oh yeah carefully for In, millions uh, of years what is what's a bummer is they're 480p but yeah like it, they're you know i mean it's better than the like the uh the bigfoot footage yeah oh god what is that like negative 1600 uh, p man <laughs> it actually makes your vision worse the longer you watch it <laughs> <laughs> that's like the ring video but for just your eyes yeah people your eyes were, die in a week later people who like in the 70s were obsessed with the idea of bigfoot and watched mm. that over and over again all of them uh heavy prescriptions yeah like plus five on it's like uh, <laughs> both they sides. didn't find out till later it's like uh aaron brockovich or john wayne in the crew of that uh, movie where they got cancer unfortunately Oof. in nevada yeah sorry i should every time you bring up the c word it brings anything down by <laughs> like 50 points so i'm i apologize ah uh, it's all good here we go um well, i guess we get into the plot which there isn't much of um the cast is children it is children voicing kids so that is an interesting aspect of the movie albeit um one that should be obvious but you know isn't actually <clears throat> can i quote uh roger ebert's three-star review from oh, 1988 play lay, lay lay ebes on me i love a good take 
on any movie that we talk about on this movie, like on this podcast, Roger Ebert tends to have good takes in his reviews. So here's here's what I think is a good take. Uh, in the land before time, the filmmakers make a strategic error. I think he makes that a separate sentence. I think <laughs> I think I think <laughs> by making their dinosaurs into children. This destroys destroys the distinction between the two species. The dinosaurs in this movie are just as human as the kitten in Oliver and Company, the mouse in An American Tale, and all the animated dogs and rabbits and woodpeckers since time immemorial. One of the reasons kids like dinosaurs is that they are not human. They are deliciously alien. So he's saying that it was they it should have been a movie about grown up dinosaurs and kids he would have says, liked it more. I disagree with that. This is this is what he goes on to say in just a one little chunk. He says, "I do not know what kind of movie could have been made from truly reptilian dinosaurs, but I'll bet it would have been interesting." <laughs> I do truly not reptilian. know. Truly reptilian. Even though dinosaurs are like less reptilian than they are birds. Yeah. He he always has some interesting takes in his reviews, uh, so I just thought I'd share that. But like, I do think um, maybe by having the the kids voice the the, the children of the movie, you are losing uh, by. You're, he's saying he, I guess he's making the argument that dinosaurs are supposed to be alien and foreign to kids. They're not supposed to be relatable and human. They're they're supposed to lack humanity. I I think. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think. Here's what I think. It, by not having it be children on this quest on their own, uh, you end up with just a different feeling movie. This movie feels very tragic and almost like there's something about this movie that's almost a little bit scary and like horrifying in the beginning. Not like terrifying, but like when they're going on this quest, though, I again, having not seen this movie in at least 30 years did not know the ending, and I was just imagining, I was like, they're going to get there, and it's not going to be green, and it's just, this is going to be a sad ending movie. I just feel it. Like, you're watching this movie, and it feels like we are gunning towards a sad ending within the next 69 minutes. Another, but, uh, sorry. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, if you do it with adults, I don't know if kids are going to be as interested without it being a little sillier, you know, but without it having to be a little more Disney-esque. I think there's something tragic that about having the kids be the dinosaurs that kind of works in the movie's favor. And I also think that kids are going to be more entertained by dinosaurs that they can relate to. I don't, I don't, I, it's not I think, a bad take. Um, I just, uh, I just, yeah. I think what you what what you get what I think what he's asking what he's suggesting is what you get in Ice Age because those are adult uh, prehistoric creatures that, albeit not dinosaurs but they are prehistoric creatures and uh, they're you know Ray Romano Dennis Leary they're they're adult men you know right but but you're, but you're also talking about people who are like comedy people that like, might be what ebert's driving at is like comedians yeah. voicing dinosaurs <laughs> I, I think that's what happens if you have land before time with adults it becomes a more comedic tone and i don't know that that makes it a better movie it makes it a different movie i, I think it would in my opinion because this well, is yeah, like soft like, fluffy kind of boring but i also you know? don't know like that's the kind of the thing that separated the don bluth movies from the disney movies is like no we're gonna push push more drama 
uh, arguably, like all of those movies that we've talked about and watched, maybe not so much Rock-A-Doodle, but all of them tend to be much more dramatic than a Disney movie. Which I know that's his bread and butter. And I know I'm just like personally, though, um, all of those movies have bits where I'm looking at the timestamp. No, absolutely. (laughs) Much all those movies. Yeah. (laughs) Here's something uh, he says. uh, So he says, I was not surprised to discover that the authors of the story also wrote an American tale. Both films involve a childlike creature who is separated from its parents. In this film, Littlefoot's parents die in a mom dies in an earthquake and the orphan has to undergo a long and perilous journey before finding happiness at the end. Natural forces and sorry, I'm wrapping up natural forces and predators attempt to destroy the little hero who joins up with the infants of four other dinosaur species to make his long trek. Both films could have been written by Jack London. And you're that is I think that's perfect. Like I think uh if you read Call of the Wild and you, you watch that or you read that next to watching uh or reading A Secret of Nim, perhaps. Or uh, or even a Land Before Time or even an American Tale, there's something about a harrowing yet uplifting yet uh, epic uh journey, a personal journey as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh I think that is what I think Bluth would like that, too. I think maybe he did like that this review, you know, to be compared to Jack London, you know. Sure. But um, anyway, to, to let's visually, um, he says, I'll just quote it one more time, his review, and then we'll we'll, we'll leave Ebert alone to rest. <laughs> uh, just to rest in peace. As a backdrop to the series of hazards, uh, the visual look of the land before time is apocalyptic. All but the last scenes take place in a Blasted heath of red skies, parched land, withered trees, barren wastes, and thorn thickets. It's, to me, to me, I love that. That's just a nice constructed sentence. Yeah, that flows. That's got music yeah. happening to it. But the animation treats this wasteland gently, with little details such as the sparkling drops of water that fall from a leaf, or the ways in which the clumsy childlike movements of the little creatures are lovingly created. Now, when I read that in my brain, and perhaps in yours, you can understand why Spielberg would be attracted to Don Bluth, the Amblin, childlike, um, uplifting, optimist sure. uh, feel, but also harrowing at times. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, there's just something about the whole tone of these that it, it does, all of these Don Bluth movies do feel right in line with other Amblin movies, which is to mm-hmm. say, uh, some of them are boring at times. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, like Close Encounters has some some boring bits. I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, E.T. has boring. Yes, I agree. I know that might be sacrilege, but uh, hey, guess who's in this movie? Initials F.W. Oh, Mr. Frank <laughs> Franklin Welker. <laughs> we invoke the one more time, I think, on this uh, this yeah, program. I, I don't even feed. know what we're gonna do for our final episode yet. So hopefully. Uh huh. We don't know what final episode we're doing, uh, listeners. We're gonna pull back, peel, peel back the curtain a little, peel back the surface a little. Oh, the surface a little bit here. I can't even get my own thing right. But uh, we don't even know. Not a correct phrase, so of course you wouldn't remember. (laughs) Right, but I like I coined it awkwardly in our like an old episode. (laughs) But uh, we don't even know what our our last episode's gonna be. It's crazy. We have theories. 
Like we like, and that was like, I hate to digress, but like, hey, fuck it, it's our penultimate episode. Uh, we had discussions like, what is like an the most important under ninety movie or equal ninety movie to do? And I'm looking at classics and stuff, you know, like Rashomon, you know, and I'm just like, should we do like Kurosawa and like, because that's like a a classic film, and it's just uh, well, we'll get into it in the next episode, but like, it was such a a hard decision. I don't even know if. The listeners are going to see what the pick is. They're going to be like, what the, why the fuck is How this the you, last episode? Yeah, like, w- the ones that we're choosing between are kind of like, none of these seem worthy of being a final no. episode. It's really just movies that we are going to have the most fun talking about. Not not so, this one. This one doesn't count. This one, by the way, reason we're doing Land Before Time uh, mm-hmm. and that we're covering it without uh, uh, superfan Megan, who did want to be uh, on the Land Before Time episode, but... Did not uh, uh, work out the way that uh, it, it didn't work out that way. But uh, it, celebrating its 35th anniversary next week, Thursday, the day that would be our final release uh, episode. But I do not want to have this. I knew I knew I did not want this to be our last episode because uh, I was just like, that's Fair. just going to be a boring. I know that movie's boring enough that we're not going to have the greatest time talking about it. Uh, the, and- the, the the blues significance is there, I guess. Like, it's like our oldest running bit. It's our proudest bit, I think, on this yeah. show. But yeah, but I think like a good television show, you get you get the, the penultimate episode of a season is really the one where you're like. Or the penultimate episode of a series before the finale is really like the last great episode, and then you get the a finale episode. The, okay. Finale episodes are we're just own. doing we're stick. It's business as usual with a little more uh, uh, significance behind yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, we've been I think we've been doing business as usual here for the last uh, some odd minutes. So yeah, let's get into the 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 minimally plotted movie. Sure. Hey, man. You know what? Let's go. Uh, so it opens with a voiceover from one Pat Hingle, you know, Gordon himself, Commissioner I'd... Gordon, the the fucking uh, race car team owner in Talladega Nights, among right. probably other much more important roles. But those are the only ones that are of significance to me. I watched, you know, I rewatched my favorite Halloween movie of all time, Batman Forever. And, you know, he's in it and he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ah! Um, I'm, of course, being cheeky when I say best Halloween movie, but uh, it is a Halloween movie. It is 100 percent a movie that has (laughs) trick or treating in it. It's a Halloween movie. There are two Batman movies now. The Batman and Batman Forever are Halloween movies. And you got Batman Returns as a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's just. That's it. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I watched uh, last night was Goldeneye. And I compare it. I say it's Bond's Hush because of 006. Mm, That that makes sense. Does make sense. Yeah. Far le- it'd be much better if if Bond had to go to all of his interesting villains that he uh, defeated in previous movies. <laughs> that would be way. That'd be yeah. great if he had to go to Jaws, Jaws and then Oddjob yeah. and then Baron. You know, like <laughs> just like has Mayday. to talk, talk to all of them for very very briefly. Whoever survived, which is few, yeah, he would go back and revisit them. I would love that actually. 
Uh, okay, so opens with a voiceover from one Pat Hingle. You know his credits. And he's talking about the age of dinosaurs. And it is, it's looking bleak and bleaker because what he's doing is painting the picture of the end of the dinosaur era. And this is where the movie takes place, basically. And, you is, know, I got to say, yeah. the TV series Dinosaurs did this era of time much more <laughs> entertaining, much more funny. Absolutely. I mean, like, what, what, what's going on here? This is bleak. We're going to talk about Very tragic dark. endings. Jesus uh-huh. Christ. There's sirens going on out here. Uh, Someone's someone tragic ending uh, in your no, neighborhood. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but uh, he's talking about, uh, like, the, the food is diminishing. But as we're seeing this, we're also seeing life being born through the eggs. Uh, our, our main character, Littlefoot, who is a long neck, they have these little cute terms like three horns yeah. and sharp tooth. The and... script is written the same way that we use voices to talk about like our cats. It's the re- it, sort of like... It's um, in their weird... Cloud di- Atlas, like caveman-y, yeah. Their, their dialect of, of... Their limited understanding of things, so their vocabulary attributes... You know, when I yeah. heard long neck, I was just like, yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds like something the cat would say. Yeah. You are a big horn. You are yeah. a long neck. <laughs> you are a wide mouth. Yep. So, um. We have to go main... past where the, the, cir- the hot circle touches the. Right. Past, the, past the, the bright circle. The bright circle. <laughs> yep. There's, uh. So our main character is a long neck. Uh, named uh, Smallfoot, Littlefoot. Littlefoot. Sorry, I already said it correctly. But, uh, sorry. But uh, food is diminishing, and they have to find a place where they can have a consistent su- supply of, t- of food and green stuff, plants, because they're herbivores, right? And he, he describes that there there were sharp tooths that ate the plant eaters. That was just basically the circle of life. Get over it. <laughs> but. Uh, we also meet uh, Sarah. We see Sarah get born. Uh, Michael Sarah, the female three horn. Yep. Uh, and uh, we learn pretty quickly, though, that they are not to be playing together. In fact, uh, her father, Sarah's father, comes in between them when they, they first meet and says, uh, three horns never play with long necks. Come, says, Sarah. Says, fuck off, you little long neck. So there are there's some dino racism definitely afoot in this, but they now that's something it. that could be played with a little bit better if that was the goal, mm. uh, if they were adults, you know yeah. that could, that yeah. could be touched on more because kids don't really understand racism unless it's taught to them. So none of these kids would be like, oh, I can't play with you. You're you know a longhorn or or a big horn, whatever a, a three horn. I, I hate to get political or like liberal or whatever bleeding heart, but it is a, kind of funny how even uh, even today, I think cartoons and kids programming, there's um the casual racism of like, we're deer. We don't hang out with bears like and then, of course, that always ends with them being friends. So it, it's yeah. good, you know, but like. So many we grew up on and kids are still growing up on casual interspecial racism that gets bridged by the yeah. end, you know, species yeah, I guess it's nice, um, but it is... Uh, it's like yeah, the it's one little... lesson they can still, like, well, racism, I guess that's a lesson <laughs> that no one will get mad at us about. Yeah, it's it's bad. Spoilers, it's bad every time, okay? So, 
Um, so they're not to play together. That's that's uh, they're they're segregated. They're supposed to be anyway. And meanwhile, there's food is uh, diminishing everywhere. So they have to find a place, a great valley, if you will, to find a, a steady supply. So uh, and, that, and, and that's when I start to remember, like, wasn't there a fucking one of those sequels that had something about like the Great Valley in the title? And I think there is. But it made me go like, oh, my God, is this like one long, sprawling, like Homer's Odyssey epic that goes across? Like, did it take 14 movies to tell the full story? <laughs> So it's like Lord of the Rings, but they really stretched yeah, it out. Yeah, but like the yeah. the most stretched out that they possibly could, like a Marvel <laughs> television series level stretched out. I would be amazed if they didn't get to the Great Valley until like Land Before Time Chapter 11 or 14. 12. <laughs> Arrival at the Great Valley. Man, that's a long, long journey. They lost, uh, they lost Petrie. Oh, they lost so many. Di- every dinosaur has been replaced. Spike, Spike uh, was the first to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of Spike, Jerry? Good, good guy. Seems like it. I mean, he keeps his he's mouth chill. That's, that's that's what I like. He doesn't about him. keep his mouth shut. He's always fucking eating and sleeping. Well, I mean, he doesn't you know, he's not flapping his mouth about like, you know, he's not <laughs> oh, talking not his ears off. Yeah. Like, yeah. God, that ducky, I mean, as cute as Anne Marie is in All Dogs Go to Heaven, that ducky is insufferable. Yep, yep, yep. Like, shut the what? fuck up. Shut up. Yep, yep, up, yep. Up, up. Shut the fuck up. Oh, man. Classic Jer. <laughs> <laughs> He's hitting us with that vinegar. No. Uh, what kind of dinosaur is ducky? It's a green serolophus. Serolophus? I don't know. I'd have to look at it. S-A-U-R-O-L-O-P-H-U-S. Sorolophus? I've never... What the fuck is a Sorolophus? I don't know. It's a dinosaur. Look it up, my chaps. They didn't name it in a Jurassic Park movie, so of course I'm not going to know what it is or how to pronounce it. It should have been a Dilophosaurus. Yeah, that's what they needed, and this is more Dilophosaurus to fit to spit fake venom on people that doesn't actually exist. That dinosaur didn't do that. What dinosaur fucks harder than the Dilophosaurus? It oh, spits God. They are kinky. <laughs> it's it's it is. It's like a say. It's like a masochist. All it needs is a uh, or no, it's a sadist. All it needs is a masochist. It's just a spit on. Oh. you know. They're, they they love the humiliation. They're really into that. That's their fetish. <laughs> if there's anything to take away from this podcast, it's Dilophosaurus. They fuck and they're kinky. Oh, just the 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 kind of kinky where you look, you watch them, and you're like, I don't even feel right watching this. And it's not even it's not even sexy anymore. And when it's, that ring it's around kind their of just neck, humiliating. Just, Starts waving and frilling around about. Yep. <laughs> Something happens. It's like sexual alchemy. Is this like, spitting from more than one end, if you know what I mean? The Dildosaurus. The Dildosaurus. It's supposed to be ducky. Um, isn't there a dinosaur that has like a head that looks like a butt? I feel like Don Bluth would have been obsessed with that one. You know, like probably it's forehead. They, well, I couldn't get my drawing past the ratings board. They said they did not approve. They said this is an NC-17. Didn't even exist yet, and yet they would tell me it was an NC-17 drawing. I am looking up dinosaur butt head. 
Dinosaur Butthead. Uh, I know that there's um, uh, one that they kind think of... I'm looking up head butting dinosaurs, but I want one that has a <laughs> head that looks like a butt. Dinosaur butt shaped head. That's yep. Thank you. I'll look that up here. That's you got to have the right keywords. They're just they don't. Oh, you wanted shape? You wanted like the general shape? That reminds me of the time we were pulling up a video. We were doing a, a play. And uh, one of the guys who was running tech for us was pulling up a YouTube video to stream. We were just going to stream it for the, the audience, you know, no, no, no DVD or anything. But he was like, you guys really need to work on your SEO, your, which means search engine optimization, like keywords and stuff. So when you talked about um, uh, you got you got to have the right keywords, it made me think of that guy. That stuck with me for years. You got to have the right SEO, guys. Like, we don't know. We're not fucking marketing people. Uh, we we should be but like to a certain degree if you want to be an entertainer but we're uh, really I'm really not you know there's another reason why the show is ending is because we're bad at all the social media aspects and promotion can we can we talk while we're on the subject can we talk a little bit about why we're ending um I, for my mental health it's going to be so it's going to be like a weight lifted to not have to watch like the land before time and like the movies of that ilk i'm right there with you you know <laughs> it's like it'd be so great to talk about movies we love strictly it, 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 and, and here's the other thing too is that this is a self-inflicted obligation no one is telling us <laughs> you need to finish guys i don't know like, it's just us being like i don't want to quit in the middle of a run of 90 that's so we have to commit to two-year chunks of this podcast there were times I'll admittedly where I was like, man, that was like that episode wasn't very fun. And Katie will be like, why do you why do you still do the show? And I was like, well, like I'm kind of with Jer. Like we have this like OCD thing where you have to finish like the complete what we started, kind of finish the number. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it just it doesn't feel if your brain itches if you walk away. If from you, something. you know what it is, it's like ending at uh, next week's episode means we can retire but if we dropped in the middle of a run, then we quit. And I don't want to yes. be a quitter. Right. I'd rather Same retire. Here. Same here. And we're not going away. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> We've said this before. Every time I, you know, like I can't, speaking of weight off the shoulders, every night, you know, I'll tell Caitlin about my weekend and I'll be like, you know, I got to watch this this weekend. And then, I'll, you know, we're recording on Sunday again. Uh, and then, you know, oh, you got anyone on this episode? No, it's just me and Dan. And they'll be like, two left, or like, one left, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then <laughs> countdown. You know, and I'm just like, and, and in my head, I'm just like, oh, it's going to feel like a relief, too. And in her mind, she's like, just kind of like, uh-huh. Like, because she knows, like, you're not you're not done, done. You're not, like, <laughs> finishing this for the rest of your life. Right. Well, at least you get to take a, a, a slight break or less of me interrupting you uh, and, and our I guests as feel... frequently as I do. I don't feel like you do. <laughs> like I, that, I, that, that's <laughs> that's good. odd uh, that you feel like you interrupt way more. I feel like I'm more interrupting. I feel uh, I'm like a, an honorary Canadian. Sorry. 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 Um, but anyway, this, uh, so, so yeah. land before time, they're going yeah. to the, the Great Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the way that the dinosaurs are drawn in this. It's it's uh, there's a. A great attention to detail without being way too elaborate looking. Uh, more detail than I think you would get in a Disney movie. I do feel like 
my basic memory is that the looks kind of obviously softened and Disney-fied over the course of several animated movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the look. grown-up yeah. dinosaurs in this look really great. Mm-hmm. I will. Yeah, watching the mother interact with uh, Littlefoot, and I, I'm always very attentive to the mouth movement of the of the characters, and uh, very smooth. You see the neck bobbing, and she's looking back as, as they're kind of marching forward, trying to find the Great Valley. Um, that's kind of how the movie essentially starts: is is Sarah stay away from Littlefoot? Your species are not to hang out. And also, we're all kind of heading in the same direction, essentially, which is a better place for more food, the Great just, Valley. Just keep your fucking distance. Um, Stay 20 feet behind me. But I love the designs, but here's one of my notes is, why does the why does the main cast wear blush? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, this is back when they used to test animal products on or just uh, makeup products on animals including animated dinosaurs so you know it helped with the budget okay that's fair i'll take that as an answer uh there was no room for product placement <laughs> so they had to go with the uh the makeup testing so the mom mommy mommy little foot right she uh gives her little uh little tyke little foot a uh a tree star what is a tree star it's a big old leaf Big tasty leaf. leaf. A tree star. <laughs> a tree that's star. The one, that's the biggest one. That's like that is a straight out of depressures. And um, what does uh, Littlefoot do? Littlefoot, it's it's it is one of the last. Like she's saying, especially when the mother says, "Eat it for strength." And I quote that right. Littlefoot appears to carry it for a while, which is funny. It's to me, it's like the equivalent of like a main character carrying a hamburger for like a mile and not <laughs> eating it. <laughs> it is because that is their food. It's not like a blanket the way that it's kind of <laughs> draped around its back like a shawl. And then eventually it looks like Littlefoot is about to munch on it, but then shit goes down. There's a T-Rex attack on, yeah. on the, the mom. Another Don Bluth case of all these dinosaurs look and act a certain way, but this one here looks and doesn't talk and, and acts completely like an actual animal. It's like the spider in Secret of Nim, where you're like, where the fuck is this terrifying thing? <laughs> well, all these cute mice are here and this terrifying spider comes in. It lost its humanity, and I know that's weird to say, but there are like there's levels, I guess, of animal humanity in this Bluth world. And I guess it's not just his world, because it happens in other things. Like, you'll see like a cat, like oh, in Toy Story, like the I guess animals can't. That's a bad example. The animals can't talk. Like the cat in Four, I guess it's just a dumb cat. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, it happens in other things too. Yeah, like, why the, does the cat not talk? Why does but that the, one talk, but all the other ones can't? Yeah. I mean, you could. It's a, a basic Disney. Why is Pluto not talking and Goofy? Do, I mean, there's a real answer for that, but it's what? Uh, which is? Oh, well, the way that they were created, like. There was Mickey and, you know, a Mickey eventually got Pluto as his dog, which is like weird, but fine. But then like when Disney animation was like suffering, they kind of like were churning out. They created Goofy and kind of started churning out Goofy shorts for like theaters and stuff. Walt mm-hmm. Disney was never a big fan of Goofy in general. And it uh, wasn't until like later that they were kind of like combined and thrown together. So you just have this weird dichotomy of like pluto is mickey's pet but goofy is uh his own man he's his own man 
One thing that's interesting, I never question until now, really, is the proportions. Mickey is a mouse and Pluto is a dog. He should be the size of his paw. Yeah. You know, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it's more like Teenage Mutant Ninja Mickey because he's like the size of he's got to be like four, four or five feet tall. Eating a lot of cheese. I, I, for me, it's just those ears. It's like it does, his, his ears are always stationary. It does, they're always going to be in the same position. It doesn't matter which <laughs> way his head turns. They're always going to look the same. It's those fucked iconic up. Iconic ears. Those know? ears don't make any sense in any of the cartoons. So you had a problem with Mickey's ears, is what you're saying? I got a whole bit. I got a lot of problems with Mickey. He and I need to talk. There's there's two things to take away from this is the the Dilophosaurus fucks and is mm. kinky and that Mickey uh Jared's got real problems with Mickey's ears. I'm just saying Mickey maybe a flawed design. All right. Hey, I'm with no. you. No, I actually I don't know if I'm with you. I I'm neutral no, it's, about it's, that. No, it's an iconic silhouette. Of course it's not. <laughs> you're being, it's, you're being it's, cheeky. Yes. As John, as Don Bluth would say, I almost said John Bluth. I love, I love a good cheekiness. Right That's in my, my face. Brother. I love to, I love to put my lips in a little bit of cheekiness. <laughs> you know, Bluth got between some cheeks mm-hmm. and motorboated. Come on, he's like 86 years old. You know that he's. he's... <laughs> I lived through the 60s, young man. I, I, I could, I could teach the Dilophosaurus a thing or two. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I was. Uh, there's a reason that we have cleanup artists on the crew. <laughs> I, I was like, I knew there's a reason I stayed for the credits and it was that joke, cleanup artists. I was like, I have to incorporate that in some way with Don Bluth. Cleanup artist, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yes, this man who stands behind me with a mop and just minds his own business, doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. He signed a non-disclosure. He's not gonna. Speak Don't to look me in the eyes, is what he says to the cleanup artists. Make very little noise. <laughs> I would love it if he had listened to this, Don Blue. Why do they? T- why do they make me have to do this? Why the fuck are they guys doing this? Um, I'm too old to care. Yeah, fuck it. Um, so uh, the movie is. I was gonna say this. It is emotional. It is very dark. When okay, so they're all pressing towards the Great Valley. The T Rex attacks the mother, and of course they cut down quite a bit of that. But we do see some bite marks on the mom. She's there's very a whole. Woozy. I watched the. I watched it on Voodoo, and it was funny because it was like a whole chunk was taken out of the back, but it was like yeah. a very clean chunk the way that like an old Jurassic Park toy would have had like an injury <laughs> on the I dinosaurs. I know exactly it's what you're talking about. A puzzle about. piece that you kind of remove yeah. that's like very clean and Those square. were so cool. Um, I think it's it's a result of the edits, Jared. It probably looked a little gnarlier before they maybe cleaned it up. I'm that's just the clean up artist did. <laughs> that's what I was Mop up those guts. Uh, get up in them guts and then mop up those guts. Mop up behind yourself. <laughs> so uh, I was going to say the movie's so quick with the emotional beats that we, we barely get time to feel them, which is fine, I- including the, the I, I suppose the inclusion of uh, Hingle as Rooter is a necessary beat there, and it does help. But, like, it's such it's 69 minutes, 
it's it's such a clip's pace that you because Littlefoot turns around pretty quickly. Like the morning period is probably two minutes of the movie, I'd say. Yeah, it is kind of like the movie, like with Ruder, even though it's gentle, is also kind of like, all right, move on. <laughs> like it's over. He uh, he has a line. He says uh, it's the great circle of life, but not all of us arrive at the end, which I thought was uh, actually kind of poignant. <laughs> There are some like poignant lines, to be fair, in this yeah. script. Uh, when the mom's dying, she says, "Let your heart guide you." It whispers, so listen closely. I think yeah. that's so it's sweet. A good line. Yeah, yeah. Because when you you think about it, like it's not a bullshit line. It means actually stop for a minute and actually listen to yourself. Take a, a breath, which so yeah. pe- people so rarely do. Mm-hmm. They just in, they act, <laughs> you know, impulsively. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's good. It's very sad, but she does die. But like I said, it, it's it's so quick that like, okay, we're fine. We got other dinosaurs we got to get to. So um, let's talk about Sarah and her basically her Raphael, but worse, the refusal to conform throughout this uh, movie. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's feisty. She's got a little attitude. Um, I think Raphael is the perfect. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, uh, the character was originally male, and it was a George Lucas change. Actually, he's the one who said it's gotta be, it should be female. Yeah, like, look, if there's one thing I can do, it's it's a it's a tough woman, so make Sarah a woman. So mid animation, Lucas intervenes, and they change it from a male named Bambo to a female named Sarah, which is why you get physical, I think, physical interactions between. Littlefoot and Sarah like standing off, like actually fighting a couple times in this uh, this movie. Sure, probably. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, they maybe, probably would be like, oh, we can't shrug, really fight a good girl, but they do. Yeah. Um, but they 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 do, and uh, like I don't really I don't question that. In fact, I in fact I think it's empowering for for the girls to have one that I, holds her own. It's kind of weird because we're like. I wonder what younger generations think when they see that stuff, because we were always raised with the, like, you never hit a woman, which is a great lesson, but, like, it was one that was very much imparted into us. Don't, you you never hit a woman. And so whenever I watch a movie or a TV show and I see, like, like a superhero thing, you know, like, where a man and a woman are fighting, I'm, like, on one hand, I'm like, that's cool that they are getting to do that. It is empowering. And on the other hand, I'm like, no, but it's you can't conflicting. do that. You can't, no, don't do that. <laughs> I know there's so many there's programming and then there's denying there's deprogramming in, in just society. And that's yeah. one of the things right there. You know, I don't know if we're supposed to fully deprogram. I think there's a balance, but that's a boring answer. What I'm saying is it should be OK to hit a woman now. <laughs> that was the joke I was going to arrive at. It's the the cheeky joke. But no. uh, Except no. the fact that no, no. No, 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 no. You smack their butts if they want it. That's yeah. what you do. If they're into it, <laughs> then you give just, them a little smack on the fanny. You, you can, you can put a handprint on there, a beet red handprint if they want it. By the way, I'm. It's not a so much a butt shaped, more like a dome. But that dome shaped uh, uh, dinosaur. It's, it's hard to pronounce. It's like Pachycephalosaurus, uh, Pachycephalosaurus or something. Yeah, it is yeah, a big the, old the, bump. The, yeah, the one that looks like it's got a, a bowl cut. <laughs> like a, a, 19, a, a 1992 pimple. bowl cut. <laughs> yeah. 
so there are no butthead dinosaurs as far as I know. But if there are, I would love to hear about them. Even though the main feed's ending, we still have the email address, uh, 90under90. Yeah. Not, not going to close it so that way at any point in history from now until the time that these podcasts are no longer available, uh, write to us if you know of any butt-headed <laughs> Uh, dinosaurs. That's when we're really going to hit it big, Jer, is like in 2047, when we're X years old, people are somehow going to discover the 2017 18 episodes that we, you know, did, and they're going to be like, whoa. Like we're in our 60s, I think, at that point. 2047. What? <laughs> what did you say? What, if, what I is love, email? No matter what, everyone's... um impression of their older <laughs> self is always like 20 years older than what it is what, what? <laughs> i can't hear you you'll be able to hear just fine when you're 60 i don't know my hearing could go i have uh i work around a lot of machines uh, if, if anything's gonna go on me it's gonna be that hearing well i guess it's not the worst thing to go to be honest uh, uh optimistically yeah fucking hearing aid in i don't care Put I, as many I, bio uh, like uh, <laughs> things in me, like pump, make me like a half robot, and I'm good. Oh, so you like the Elon Musk implants and stuff? But, no, uh, I mean only if it's correcting something that's wrong. <laughs> I don't want it to be like, here, do this because it's a good idea. Like, no, it's um, not. I was I jokingly say also because we hear too many noises within our our condo, you know, other neighbor noises. I'm like. I say to Katie, you know, I'm looking forward to going deaf. Like, I, I blast my music. Like, hopefully, I'm fingers crossed. Like, I don't have to hear too many of these fucking noises uh, around. And yeah, and by that point in life, I'll have uh, said everything that I need to say. So I don't need to hear anybody for a conversation. <laughs> that is, uh, that's an interesting way of looking. I, well, I said everything I needed to say. I've said, what more do I need to say? I'm 63. <laughs> What more do I need to say? You've got like 20 plus more years on this earth theoretically. And you're like, eh, uh, I'm mute. Whatever. Let the kids talk. That's it'll actually nice pretty, and, pretty cool. It'll yeah. be nice and quiet. Um, so going I back to I can still this, see Pratt Falls. <laughs> I'll laugh. It's fine. Uh, uh, uh. Um, that's you laughing as an uh, older man. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So... The dinos, the dinos, dinosaurs, yeah. right? They spend a lot of time walking, much like a Lord of the Rings movie. But they start have to, they have to assemble their party, Jer. They yeah. have to get the fellowship together, you know. So yeah, it's really just dies, Wizard of Ozian, where it's just like moving along. Oh, here's a new one. <laughs> like we just right. happen to be on the same path. In my notes, whenever this happens, I say a uh, new party member unlocked, which yeah. it happens like one scene after another. After It's like a Paper Mario or something. Oh, God. Just joined your party. I've, got, and, uh, I, I've gotten Jack way too excited about the Thousand Year Door remake. Yeah. Daddy, don't forget. <laughs> Paper Mario, the 1,000 Year Door. Like, kid, it's not coming out for months. Okay. Dad, don't, don't forget. Don't forget. Dad. That's so funny. Don't forget, yeah. He's, He's like both. your calendar reminder now. She's like, dude, I won't forget. I put it on my list day one. I am, uh, next, I think next one for me, although Mario Wonder came out, and it's a flagship title, right? Um, for me, it's RPG, the remake. I've got later this month. I'm waiting for both. Yeah. Uh, does, is, is Wonder not out yet? 
No, I or think your it is. Christmas. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to buy it for myself at this point. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> and Spider-Man 2, man. No, that's a, I can't play that one anyway. I got I got I got to devote uh, I got some time off because I have to use it before I lose it next year. Isn't that the Spider- best situation? Spider-Man like, 2, I don't know. Baby. I don't know how other people feel about that, but I love that when you're in a situation and like they come to you and they're like, well, you've got 14 hours of PTO left, so you have to use them if you want to keep them. And you're like, uh oh, I guess I have to take a vacation day. I think I because I, I've been there five years uh, next early next year. I don't know how this happened. Um, I think I have 127 PTO hours that I need to use. Uh, 40, wow. Only 40 carry over, right? So I need to use, uh, what, 87? That's like two weeks. Yeah, over two I, weeks. I know. I uh, I feel almost guilty, but I have a, a week coming up, well, and then I might have to take another week. It depends on how you use them, too. Like, I, I'm never yeah. one to I'm, – I'm rarely one to take – full weeks off like i like to do like a half week to like a midweek to midweek so that way i can be there for portion of both weeks yeah i uh i feel like do you guys have a slow time of year at your uh i don't know because we're ramping up now like so now is supposed to be the slow time and i'm I'm the busiest i've been forget about it in december man in the elevator industry at least it's just like guys are all on vacation or they're just like fuck it we'll deal with this next year yeah yeah um so anyway so they assemble the crew yes uh new party members unlocked let's go over the new party members as they go you've got uh one of the first members is ducky a uh self-proclaimed big mouth who lost her family during the earthquake as well. New party member. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be very affected by it. That's her uh, ability is uh, right. lack, oh, of, yeah. lack of emotional understanding. <laughs> I'd say resilience, but I like your take. <laughs> lack of emotional just, understanding. Just ignorance to the actual situation. Yep. Uh, and, of course, we have uh, Petrie. And uh, so new party member unlocked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarah... You, this is like the holdout and sarah you meet her the earliest too because the uh, little foot keeps like running into her at the beginning they they play together a little bit and then they get separated because of the, the segregation but they keep running they keep meeting because they're both on the same track right but sarah is the holdout until all of the other party members are acquired like she's the one who just keeps saying i'm gonna do my own thing get out of my way okay for fuck's sake <laughs> She reminds me, you know, she reminds me of his, um, I don't remember her name, the Dennis the Menace little girl with the glasses who makes the kid kiss the doll's butt. Oh, yeah, the redheaded. <laughs> kiss it or whatever, I'll scream. Whatever her name <laughs> like, is. Like that kind of shit. That emotionally manipulative girl <laughs> who would have broken Dennis's heart. I, 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 I said, uh, is the kid Joey? That's the, the friend, the BFF who kisses I, the butt. I don't know. I think his name's Joey. I said, uh, if we're ever talking about it, I was like, they're going to get married, him and that girl, like in 20 years. He's going to be like the pushover husband, high school sweetheart husband, and uh, she's going to push him around. And he's going to be so happy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be bliss for him. But uh, going back, okay, so what happened during that T-Rex attack? Well, there was an earthquake. I kind of glossed over it, but it does happen, and, and it causes a big split and like a big rift down the 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 facade the land yeah. and it theoretically yeah, everybody that, 
theoretically, that's what broke up the continents. That's what mm. they're referring to. They, they, Big they, they, giant fault lines. Pangea has broken up. And they gotta reunite, and hopefully it's at the, the that great uh, the green place that they're going to, the the, the valley, you know? the, the great valley, yeah, the great valley, right? So uh, we also get spike. How does the, the information spread in there? Like like the pterodactyls or the pteranodons must have like a lot of sway and clout in the dinosaur community because how are they even hearing about the great valley? These dinosaurs, you know. Hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like a legend, I guess, foretold amongst them to kind of keep their hope alive. And uh, maybe it's like a Mad Max thing where it's like it's not even it's not I, even really there. I'm they, telling you, I, that's what I was worried about is. the whole fucking yeah. time. But I'm telling <laughs> you, like, I think that the the if you if you got if you can fly during this time, you mm-hmm. ha, you are at the top of the social ladder. Oh, yeah. You You've got everything. all the all the information. Got the bird, literally the bird's eye view of what's going on, you know? Yeah. Everybody's too close to the situation. Not these uh, pteranodons or pterodactyls. So. They fly with, to the Great Valley. They eat the whole thing up, and then they're like, yep, it's there. Just keep going. Except for Petrie, which is like such a classic uh, conflict uh, character arc is whatever you are, I'm a bat, but I can't fly. Or I'm a cow, but I can't moo. And by the end, I can moo, you guys. It's such a built-in arc for any uh yeah. kind of these kinds of movies little animated ones it's fine it's fine you guys <laughs> this isn't for us <laughs> <laughs> we get spike though along the way it's a spike tail so we got a big mouth named ducky we've got a spike tail named spike we've got a flyer named petrie they gotta watch out for sharp tooths which are t-rex and uh little foot they fo- little foot earlier follows a hopper which is a frog there's also a little foot's a long neck. <laughs> and uh, so, oh, Ducky's also a swimmer slash big mouth, by the way. So oh, what do you yeah. know? Uh, they have to pass the string of burning mountains, a.k.a. volcanoes. One of my favorite little flourishes. And it's so simple is when they're climbing the mountains, you get the little ash rain. Um, yeah. But then the windstorm, it, it looks like a little like almost like a dirt sandstorm. And mm-hmm. all it is is just him st- or not Don Bluth with the animators. I just picture him single-handedly, <laughs> just but just stroking over the frame with a trans translucent layer of like almost like crayon. Like uh, I could easily do what they did. Most people could easily do what what is achieved here. But it's so simple and uh, effective. This little storm here. It looks wonderful. I just just keep smearing along, smearing just, along. Just drag it along there, smear it. Yes. Rub some paint on your butt. Press your butt against the frame and just rub your butt against the frame over and over. over and <laughs> just getting the blue thought of our system here, guys. This him. is it. We're exercising the bluth here. <laughs> Uh, so parties all together. They're still on their way to the Great Valley. We we mentioned the T Rex earlier, but Sarah comes across the the passed out T Rex because it took quite a nasty tumble after the attack and at, during the earthquake. And uh, Sarah catches up with that T Rex, and uh, it's passed the fuck out down below. And she, the tough little fucking girl that she is goes up and starts mocking the passed out t-rex see this is why it never pays to be tough because you fucking you fuck around and find out that's what happened to poor little (laughs) poor little sarah 
She's just like, eh, I don't like this thing. And then, fuck, you know what? She deserves does it. The, does the T-Rex get up? And does it, I can't remember. I just remember yeah. her going back to the friends and saying, I saw it. And I was like, she gives a, a totally positive take on her version, you know? She Yeah, it does wake up. Okay, of course. Uh, so there's that little bit, little chunks of conflict. That's another thing in this movie is... um. It's a pretty thin story, but like even Lord of the Rings, like I said, has battles, epic battles along the way. All you get are these little chunks of conflict, and I I suspect it might be due to that the the T Rex uh, cut footage or whatever, or the kids in peril. I'd love to see the the blue cut of this uh, this film. Yes, but, uh, the, the the fully uncut version, the the longer uncut version. Uncut. Yes. If you notice, call the moil. <laughs> That's barbaric, actually. I'm very much against circumcision. <laughs> it's the uh, it's amazing how the tides turned on the circumcision thing. Uh, Unless you ask a nurse. <laughs> oh yeah. Is yeah, I right? remember because I was like, not to reveal too much about my kids. But, you know, Caitlin you can cut I, it if you want. No, well, no Caitlin, with Jack, Caitlin and I were having that discussion and I was just like, I, I honestly feel like he should be circumcised. And she was just like, I don't know. That seems like like that seems Barbaric. like kind of, it, it seems like an antiquated thing. Right. And it, we have no religious reason for doing it uh, or cultural reason for doing it. Uh, and I was just Aesthetic, like, really, like, <laughs> like, honestly, trust me, like he's he's going to be a filthy little kid and it's better for him to do it. And like we asked the nurse, and we were like, "What do most people do?" She's like, "Honestly, it's whatever you guys want." And we were, I was just like, "No, no, no! Don't give us that answer. Give us the honest answer. Like, what would you do if this was your kid?" She's like, "Yeah, I'd circumcise him if I were okay. you." Okay. And I was just like, That's "Okay, nurses, nurses' uh, recommendation, fine with me." And what's funny is it still could be her personal taste, but I would, you could take it to the bank. But also, um, I'm, 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 I'm kind of still pro but I, I realize the tide is turning so you have to make room for the uncircumcised There's, and i really don't think it was never an issue growing up like in the locker room we're not looking at each other's dicks like making like haha you're cut or you're no. uncut you know it's stupid no in fact we grew up with we have a member of our family that's all i'll say who we were around the same age and bathed together as very little children and uh he is uh not he's uncut so we we were familiar enough with it. It's really it's just more of like a of a hygiene and uh, cleanliness thing, you know. Yeah, when you now, have, when now, you have kids who aren't bathing every single day, it's probably better to not have that uh, to deal with. Now there's activists who are saying it's it, it is barbaric, and I I've always been the guy who kind of, who does his best to see both sides of everything. So I can kind of sort of meet them, like but. Aesthetically, though, I'm very thankful that I have a cut dick. <laughs> like, frankly, I'm proud of my Anec cut penis. Anecdotally, from from talking to uh, various women throughout my life uh, on the subject alone, not about mine specifically, uh, the the consensus seems to be that it looks better when it's cut. Uh, and you yeah, wouldn't I expect think... this conversation in the Land Before Time episode. Oh, would you? Because it is in a, a Don Bluth movie. No, whatever you, whatever 
whatever. Like I, I, I do want to say the weird ones are the guys who are looking at the dicks in the locker room and are calling it out. Like it's not the ones who are cut or uncut. It's the ones who are like, whoa, your dick is uncut. <laughs> like those are the weird ones. They're weird enough. The weirder ones are the ones who like want to grow it back and like try to like do the uh, thing with like the weights and like stretching. Of, yeah, there are people who will go to great lengths to try and get their foreskin Whoa. back in as much as they can. It's that's a whole other thing that I I did not know. That's so. fucking odd. Yeah. Anyway, where let's speak it along. Let's finish this <laughs> d- damn <laughs> movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. She she goes in and she brags to the others about uh, defeating the T Rex. That's her version. Like it's funny how Sarah has her uh in ego inflated version of events. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing Raph never did. He's like, I beat Shredder myself. I took him down. Right. Like no, you <laughs> didn't. You're a little did more for humble. Real. Yeah. I that's what I, I I wouldn't he wouldn't be my favorite if he did shit like that I don't think no right no so um Petrie is along for the ride because he can't fly so he's like they end up they, so they all wind up reuniting Sarah and then because of Petrie they get in like a sort of a physical accident because he's riding on uh, uh Littlefoot's uh, back and they kind of it's like you can fly try he's like I really can't guys stop fucking goading me it's like and maybe now is not the right time to maybe we should get <laughs> to the fucking valley and then we can talk about flying all we want. And they all kind of stumble into each other and uh in comes Sarah she gives her version of the events. Uh, so that's actually when Spike, the Spike Tail, joins the party. Um, and as soon as the group uh, gets together, they see the Great Valley from afar. So there's only like 25 minutes of screen time left, including the credits, which is like accounts for you know eight or well, nine minutes. A few minutes. I don't know. <laughs> it's a long credits. It was pretty long actually, because I was like, oh, five minute credits, but then the movie ended. I was like, oh shit, it ended earlier <laughs> than I thought. I was really clocking the the timestamp yeah. with this one, but um. As soon as they get together, they see that great valley, but uh, but a herd of dinos come and they eat all the fucking food. So this isn't the great valley. It's a fake out. They yeah, have to keep that pressing was, on. That was a pretty comedic beat, watching all those dinosaurs run, a, like giant, like what looked like Brachiosauruses or Brontosauruses, whatever they are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They ran up very fast and like ate it, and then they ran off real fast, it felt. I laughed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're all going to die now. <laughs> Dino peril. You're all going to be my motor oil someday. <laughs> um, so it's actually there's there's kind of like a back and forth. Like Sarah, she says, I'm going to do my own thing. There's a moment where she goes off and does that. But then the group realizes that her path is easier. So they take the path of least resistant and Littlefoot's like guys it's not even the right way they don't care though but they do end up in uh, tar pits so like it, it's funny how they, they go their separate ways but then within like literally a minute they're they're reuniting because yeah. Littlefoot has to save them from the tar pits and uh, they catch up with Sarah See, after you that <laughs> gets to hold that over their heads forever yep and believe me Littlefoot loves to do that He's a real vindictive uh, little bastard, you know. But um, as they're they're walking back from the the big oil altercation or whatever, uh, they see uh, Sarah 
and Sarah thinks it's a big monster because they're all they're kind of like a king rat. They're all kind of pressed together with their oil form, and like it looks like a monster. She gets freaked out. Looks like Superfly at the end of, of out of, of uh, Mayhem. <laughs> I don't need that horse. I don't need that horse. <laughs> One little horse. I don't need that horse. I don't need that horse. <laughs> so uh, they all get stuck in the tar pits. Yeah. And um, okay, so they end up in sort of an ominous uh, cavern area, and this is kind of like the most dire-looking section of the map, if you will. And this is when they see the T-Rex and. I think it's Sarah who gets the bug, uh, the wild hair up her ass to say, like, basically, like, let's go kill it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they go and exact their revenge on this T-Rex. They have this big plan that they unfold in which uh, there's a big rock at the edge of the cliff that uh, Sarah's going to headbutt because that's her specialty. Right. Yeah. And it's going to fall and it's going to hit the T-Rex and it's going to fall down a, a cliff into some water, I believe. And uh, meanwhile, it's not even the same T-Rex. They're fighting the wrong enemy. They're just going after some <laughs> rando. What did I <laughs> do, taking, kids? It really is like a, it becomes a special war against, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's like racism is bad, except for those filthy fucking Rex. <laughs> Always make an exception, you know, just rationalize your hate. But uh, they push the, the 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 stone over, but Petrie is on the T-Rex that, that the stone hit. So the plan goes well. It's just that stupid Petrie is still on the T-Rex. The fucker can't and, do anything. Uh, falls down, but we, we think he's a goner. He comes up, he's like, you wouldn't leave old Petrie, would you? And he's like, he flew. Guys, he did it. He, he did he it. Flew up. He, he did it. He he flew vertically, mm-hmm. hundreds of feet. <laughs> and that is when we get, and this is pre Lion King, the Lion King moment of the movie. Mm-hmm. Seriously, right? Yeah. It is Littlefoot's mother forming in the clouds. Literally, the voice of of the mother, uh, Helen Shaver, guides him to where the great valley actually is actually illuminates the valley but really focus on the cloud and the dead parent spreading wisdom through the clouds to the uh the child it's it's very reminiscent just the phrase circle of life alone is like Uh, raising some red flags i didn't realize they kind of owe a little bit uh quite a bit to uh to lion king there honestly i believe they owe a lot to a different thing that was very, very similar to The Lion King. Oh, yeah? Like another animated movie that came out a, a few years prior that was like so way, is, uh, way more uh, direct. You'd have to cite it for me, but um, this is 88. Lion King's 94. I don't know what movie. You, I could look it up if you knew the title. I'm going to look that up right now. But uh it's uh yeah like the cloud i just my mind was kind of blown when the mom showed up in the clouds and said here this way to the great valley and sure enough they they go and uh that was really our third act was was the t-rex showdown and besting him and the the is petrie dead no great um so it's uh uh kimba kimba the white lion is a 1960s Mm. anime Ah. series that shares a lot of similarities. In fact, I think that's what The Simpsons is making fun of in that Bleeding Gums Murphy episode. Uh, where it's like, you must avenge my death, Kimba. I mean Simba. Like, I think uh, they're directly referencing, like, hey, <laughs> Disney really fucking ripped this thing off. That's funny. Oh, good old, old Simpsons episodes. 
uh, always going to be there until Disney takes it down for their own personal reasons for that whatever. we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, cartoon digression. I, I every yeah, now and yeah. then I'll see like clips of the new South Park on my phone. Mm. And I'm like, the Panderverse now. Yeah, I'm like, God yeah. damn, I really need to catch up on South Park. There's like, oh, there's yeah. some some interesting things have happened. I don't I know don't... if they're all good, but I'm just saying, I, I have been out of South Park for so long that I'm like, man, I really need to go back and and catch up on this. I I, I have been out of it longer than you. The impression I get, I I can't even sum up right now. It it feels like. I was trying to put this into words, especially when I saw the promo for the Panderverse. It's like, okay, the Trey Parker, Matt Center, like, well, nothing's safe anymore. How about our jokes are rooted in the fact that we're well aware that nothing's safe anymore, which to me is 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 not interesting. Mm. Like the PC principle, and like changing them to to females to pander because that's what they realize is what well, would appeal to like it's like tongue in cheek but like tongue really in cheek you know there's something well there's like i don't know i you know i've been out of it for so long i don't know how Same. these yeah. these like specials that they're doing for paramount plus like there's the new seasons but there's also these like one hour or like feature length specials that yeah and those specials just from my like distant glance over seem to be like have a much more meta layer to them uh-huh where there if i don't know there's something about them that f- feels different at least in just the little bits of trailers that i've seen i don't know yeah um i i and i'm also like um same with like family guy it's like there's still an audience huh like there's still a loyal I, audience. yeah i could not care less about family guy these days it's it's it feels the, probably even more so than the simpsons i might say stale family guy like no i would agree because the stalest that was the show i gave up on a long time ago because i was like okay i i have seen all of this before none of this is working for me anymore simpsons to its credit when i would watch it even mm -hmm. later episodes i'd get one chuckle out of every episode and that was enough for me to go you you've earned your place for For me, me i can watch 20 minutes of you for a week you know it's the longevity that's earned it for me i don't even watch it it's like well all right it's an old horse that's like but uh even rick and morty has changed rick and morty's voices yeah and um and i know this is very uh people uh have already tuned out they say fuck rick and morty it's over who cares the show's over um i i'm still giving it a shot and I think even that is it feels less stale than Family mm. Guy. It just feels yeah. like the most stale thing it, on TV. It, right it, it really does. Yeah. Um, we can't. It, it, it feels though. as stale <laughs> as Adam Sandler's. Like that's what Family Guy is the Adam Sandler of television animated comedies. I don't know though. If we want to talk about Adam Sandler, I, like, is he on like his third, fourth wind with the Netflix life? Like there's now you can trace him in stages, I feel, of his career. And there's a Netflix stage I feel is quite profitable for him. Well, everything that Not he's critically. done has always been profitable for him. Like yeah. he's a very smart businessman who well, knows how to just. Humor is stale. Oh, yeah. I just feel like yeah. you, you basically see the same exact type of. There's like five different Adam Sandler movies and you just see variations on those somebody, every single time. Uh, somebody on Reddit 
you know, when you proceed a sentence that way, you already lose credibility. But somebody said on Reddit that uh, perhaps we just grew out of Adam Sandler's movies. We're 36 now, 37, yeah, 38. I think, yeah, like, but that's why it feels the most stale to us is because he has not grown as a strategic mm, business choice. I'm not I saying see. it's wrong. I'm just saying it's, it's Same with, uh, stale for us. Perhaps like a family guy or uh, listening to a band that's been doing the same thing for the last 30, 40 years. Family guy, just there's something about it that feels like even Seth MacFarlane is checked out, like doesn't seem to have any interest in it. And it really feels like the only reason that show is going on still is because Fox fucked up and canceled it like two times and they Mm -hmm. kept having to bring it back. So they're like, well, we can't cancel it now. Everyone will fucking throw a shit fit. And MacFarlane, I don't well. I don't know. Uh, he's more. He seems more, way more into the Orville than anything else. But I don't really. I haven't followed his career really since uh, the Western he's done, which uh, failed. An- another, uh, just a person I couldn't care less about. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like a Dane Cook kind of, like dwindling kind of star power. Oh, Dane Pete Cook Davidson in, in ten years. David Dane Cook feels sad though. Like I don't know Seth MacFarlane. I don't know when he'll cross over into sad territory, but Dane Cook feels sad when he's like trying yeah. to be like amc i'll be the comedian i'll be the comedy taylor swift i can release a concert footage that'll uh uh bring in huge numbers and like is that what he said recently yeah like Ooh. he was he was trying to be like amc talk to me i've got a whole special that i shot and i'm just like i don't think mm. that that's gonna pull anybody in nearly as much as you think god Mr. love you for you gotta keep trying though you know um uh, there's so many actors who are like just like slumming it, slumming it, slumming it, slumming it. Boom, boom. And I like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with you though. Dane Cook is like, I don't know. But I, uh, I get, we can't. The, the movie ends with um, the dinosaurs finally getting to the Great Valley and their families are there waiting for them. So, like, why didn't they go looking for them? They're just hanging out at the Great Valley eating and, and just waiting. Because the grown-ups were smart back then and were just like, look, the kids are going to die. doesn't matter. we got to move on. We have to live. Damn. Classic Jer. <laughs> Classic Jer. <laughs> and they celebrate and, and uh, Petrie shows off his flying skills. I mean, Littlefoot's mom is still dead, so it doesn't make, you know, it's not a yeah. happy ending for Littlefoot yeah, necessarily. It's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Because, well, Littlefoot gets to see her grand- his grandparents in the end. So, uh, I guess, uh, and what I, it reminds me because uh, when that happened, I was like, wait a minute, like, did they establish that, that Littlefoot has a relationship with the grandparents and is like working towards that? Is that the end game? And, yeah, uh, just, just as I asked that, they recapped the whole movie in little, uh, <laughs> MOS flashbacks of, uh, of, of little clips and including it starts with the grandparents, almost as if the movie's like, see, you remember the see, grandparents? They were there They're the whole here. time. Yep. They're going back and showing quick cl- clips of all the things that you didn't. From different angles <laughs> in really uh mtv style editing yeah, yeah. edgy filters and everything's yeah. tinted with a light shade of green yeah i i haven't i have a copy of the new saw i am looking forward to it because it's like the highest rated saw movie i think the new one the what the next the, to one i think 
Well, good yeah. luck with that. What? It's supposed to be good. Like, Mr. Cynical, I thought you were like a Saw fan. This is like a Jigsaw-centric movie. Uh, I, I Tobin fell Bell's out. back. I fell out of Saw a long time ago. No, he's too cool for Saw. I'm no. not. I'm not too. I'm not too cool for anything. Let's make that clear. <laughs> just the tone was just like, ah, I, I kind of grew out of Saw. No, I just feel like not doing I, that anymore. Saw one, two, and to an extent three. Uh, Three's I'll, good. I'll take, and then the rest can whatever. It's Man. like season four and five of Arrested Development. Like, ah, I, I watched you, but I'm not gonna. Remember you. Listen, just because you compare the two doesn't make it so, but I see what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to adamantly defend the Saw franchise, but I heard the new one was really good. Uh, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, like that's that's one of the things I'm looking forward to is not watching The Land Before Time and getting to watch Saw X instead. You can be like, I I would have watched Land Before Time two instead. I wish. You come back to me like, oh man, it was a bad one. Or uh, I got Cape. I got to rewatch Cape Fear with De Niro, the '91 version. <laughs> you said that in a way of this. I like, gotta. It, that's a that's on your schedule of things you've been putting off. It kind of because Halloween's is over like the season, and uh, I was like, I gotta rewatch Cape Fear, man. I love it's good. It's very good. <laughs> it's fun man uh it's you know really quite dark but it's fun it's campy to a certain degree but uh god is there anything else we want to say in our penultimate episode about the land before time nope uh 14 movies in this series uh so this uh would have been a incredibly painful franchise first timers i can tell you that but uh yeah um not a not a huge fan, never was, but uh, I can appreciate at least the way some grown up dinosaurs are drawn. Yeah, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, remember Brad Bird's Family Dog? That was like his kind of yeah. claim to fame. That was uh, that short was issued uh, from the television anthology Amazing Stories. It was attached to the movie. Mm. That's what. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh. Prehistoric Bambi says a review in the Motion Picture Guide 1989 annual. That's yeah, nice. and they're not hiding it. <laughs> and then of course you got uh, Diana Ross doing "If We Hold On Together" because this, in this era, late 80s, early 90s, you had to have a very like ballady, like passionately sung by a soul singer, mostly. Uh, original song with your mm. animated movie in the credits the during yeah. the credits that doesn't match at all it's like if we hold out together like stuff like that just very very like almost like a james bond end credit yeah. song <laughs> yeah so, they, they, they yeah. it always feels weird every time i get to the end of one of these types of movies it just makes mm-hmm. me laugh so yeah, not my favorite either. All dogs, I think, is probably. Oh, do you want to rank the blues that we did? Oh God! All right. <laughs> what did we do? We did all dogs. We did basically everything we did between four time. A, 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 a range. I have to pull up the whole IMDb list to see. One more thing, just bear with us, because I know that the listeners want to hear the American Tale. 
All Dogs Go to Heaven, Land Before Time, Rock-A-Doodle, and... Uh, and that's it. Well, we also did an, uh, Five O Goes West, mm. but that was not directed by Bluth. But, right, I mean, and the rescuers really feel Bluthian. They, they do really feel do. Bluthian, but they are Disney. So I guess, yeah, number one is All Dogs... Oh, Secret and Nim. Right. Right? Yeah. 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 Thought, I thought you said that one. Um, God, yeah, fuck. I mean, All Dogs, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'd say, God, did I like this more than an American Tale? No, American Tale. Same. Uh, Land Before Time. Then this. Then... Secret and him, then Rockadoodle. Yeah, Rockadoodle's the bottom of the list. It, it sucked, man. It Revisiting sucked so Rockadoodle sucked. Uh, Chanticleer. Yeah. 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 I. So yeah, they're they're just kind of they're all they're not that far <laughs> apart from each other. It's just All Dogs is the best. Uh, uh, Rockadoodle's the worst of what we watched. I can't speak to Thumbelina or a troll. Anastasia. Anastasia. This was um this was the highest uh, grossing animated film before Little Mermaid, so that's something. So hey, it had a nice year to it to <laughs> take that title. And I just want to say as we wrap it up, as we wrap up the main our penultimate episode in the the main feed, I think it's it, I actually think it's really great that he's still alive and our show is ending before his life. Like yeah, that is <laughs> that is pretty cool. nice. <laughs> Don Bruce, I'm I'm staying alive to hear the end of the show. I would with bated breath. I sit back and I I watch and I wait for the the latest Bluth episode to hit your feed. Yes, yes. Like feed. a Dilophosaurus waiting to spit. <laughs> spit it into my iPod. I got an iPod. Oh, uh, cool. Vintage. That is going to be it for us this week. We've got one more episode oh left in this wave of night. God. And if you're hoping for a, a like a classic or a, or a huge title <laughs> movie, you're going to be disappointed. It's going to be an oddball. But, oh, my God. Um, we'll, when we figure it out, we will get it recorded and we will post it. But until then, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. That's right. What do you mean you're out of chocolate? How can that be?